We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is August 20th, 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. But we have, we have an incredibly special guest today. Um, the sixth winningest coach in NBA history, we have Coach George Carl, just to go over his very impressive resume really quickly. 1,175 wins in the NBA, 22 seasons coached, made the playoffs 22 of those seasons. 27 seasons. Uh, 22 of the 27 seasons made the playoffs. Oh, um, we miss it that often. <laughs> oh, man, you were killing it back in the day. Um, well, I got fired a couple of times. I guess I didn't count. Yeah. We've, all, we've all been there, right? And then you you were obviously, you know, fortunate to have a, a few more jobs. You had two streaks of 10 straight years making the playoffs. Um, I think it was over the course of 21 years. You had 10 years, missed the playoffs one year, and then had another 10-year uh, run there. Um, you coached the Sonics in the 1996 NBA Finals. Over the course of your career, coached for the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors, Seattle Supersonics, Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, and the Sacramento Kings. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Oh, my life is good. Uh, you know, it's uh, summertime, and August is always the month that coaches take off. This year, you can't take it off, but uh, my biorhythms still take August off and vacation. I've been to Hawaii and hung out with Don Nelson, took my family over there, and I go down to North Carolina in August and play with a bunch of North Carolina alumni guys and have some fun talking hoop, talking basketball. That's awesome. Are you, you mean Chapel Hill at you're hanging out at the Dean Smith center or what's going on there? Uh, we actually go down to Pinehurst, which is about an hour from Chapel Hill. Okay. And we hang out at Pinehurst where there's 30 or 40 really good golf courses. And, uh, we play a lot of golf. We play a lot of golf, drink a lot of beer and talk a lot of trash. What kind of, what kind of beer are we drinking? I'm a Stella guy lately. Okay. I mean, I've become a Stella guy. I don't know why Bel a Belgian beer doesn't really ring. Why, why a Belgian beer? But that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
you, you don't really get into like a lot of the craft beers at all? Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm, I was a, I was a, I was a Coors Light guy all my life because I played softball in the summertime. <laughs> and that's all you drank. You know, you're sponsored right. by Coors Light. You drank Coors Light. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of been. I can definitely appreciate a, a good Coors Light. Another yeah. thing that you've been up to, Coach, um, has been the, the Truth Plus Media, a media company that you started. Um, and you, you, coast, you host, excuse me, the Truth Plus Basketball Podcast. So if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about that, uh, you know, kind of what inspired you to, to start that. And, and uh, I know you're really passionate about that. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, a couple of entrepreneurs here in Denver came to me and said, would you be interested in doing a podcast on my, my, my memories, my history? And I said, I'll give it a shot. And I, you know, I didn't, didn't have any understanding of what a podcast was. I mean, I, I don't think I even did one up until that point. Uh, so I got into it and, you know, things started happening and I, I got some great guests, uh, you know, Stephen Kotler and I have become good friends. Uh, John Amici and I have become good friends. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of situations because of what happened. Kobe Bryant getting killed. I mean, we, we have fed off of more of a sociological feeling on basketball where the game is where is it going what's the problems with the game what what are the truths of the game because so much spin every day we spin more stuff than we tell the truth about and uh, and i've enjoyed it so i you know we've carried it on uh, my son did one we're called curious leader and he had some great guests he had phil jackson on and Jeannie bus and uh, you know, he's just done a, he's done a good job. Then we've expanded to uh, we're partnering with for Forgotten Seasons, which is something that's really in, I really like about it. It's a, it's a guy in New York that we we kind of met through the podcasting business. And what he does is he doesn't take he takes teams that had great years but lost before they won the championship, and so. He has this belief that America is wacko because the only team we celebrate is the team that wins and not the team that overachieved or not maybe the best team of that year, but didn't have enough talent. And I really like it because it gives coaches an opportunity to celebrate without winning a championship, which I've had a lot of those seasons. So. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. <laughs> I think I've been on this podcast four or five times because I've had great years but not won the championship. Yeah. And, and George, I wanted to ask you, Coach, um, with Truth and Basketball, you've had a lot of incredible guests, you know, ranging from Dr. J to I was actually listening to the one with Jamal Crawford that you did uh, back in April. I wanted to ask you, for people who haven't heard your podcast, uh, what are some like what maybe one or two of your favorite episodes that you've done that maybe you suggest people just go back and listen to? My favorite one is John Amici's podcast. John Amici was the first outright gay guy in the NBA the gay, that announced, well, I don't know if he announced to the public, but he announced to his teammates that he was gay. Mm. And he's a seven-foot black man that lived in England that never played basketball until he was 17 years old. Mm. And, and he went to America because someone said, go down to this gym, meet this guy, and... And he became an NBA player, and he also became a good, damn good European player. Played for the Magic. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in the NBA. That just doesn't happen. He's now a psychologist uh, uh, in London, England. And he's, ama- he's the most ama- – when I spoke with him, I've, I, he, I call him Obama-like because he gives you hope. He answers questions with very little negativity, but – he gives you a, a story or hope or a guidance almost on every subject I talk about. So he's probably number one. Uh, I mentioned Stephen Kotler. Um, I've had some good, good broadcasts with some of my assistant coaches, Vance Wahlberg, Ron Adams, uh, um, you know, Dwayne, when, when uh, all the race stuff happened last year, I had Wayne Embry on. Dwayne Casey and Darvin Ham talking about race in the NBA. And so we'll bounce around wherever kind of what's happening in our country right now. Sometimes we go into politics. Uh, but I think the substance of what we try to do is we, I tell my guests before we go on, go on air is we would really like two or three stories that have a lot of depth and a lot of soul to them then a lot of perception and spin and basketball gossip and bo- and basically basketball BS. Mm. And so we try to go deeper. We try to go more real. Um, because I think right now the game, uh, there's too much, I don't know, maybe the word is too much publicity and, and not truthful publicity going on. And a lot of that hurts coaching. You know, fabricated gossip usually is to criticize someone and the guy that gets criticized most of the time in the NBA are of course our coaches. And I, 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 it makes me sad a little bit that coaches are losing. I don't know what the word is, their influence, their power. Uh, It seems more and more in the NBA coaches don't have a lot of say in 
as Bill Parcell would say, who cooks the meal should be able to guy should be the guy that buys the groceries. Uh, people, players, coaches don't have much say in personnel anymore. And fans think they do. And the truth of the matter is they really don't. That's really just great to hear your insight, Coach. And I think there's definitely a, a need for that, of more substance in the, the media that we consume. So um, glad that you're out there, obviously someone who's rubbed shoulders with the giants of you know the NBA and you know, NBA history and has coached so many great teams. Uh, you know, that you're able to, you know, speak in and out of a lot of, you know, different topics and conversations. Um, that's really interesting. I hope that our listeners will, will check out Truth Plus Media and the Truth Plus Basketball podcast. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th. That's code S-I-X-T-H, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. And ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Provider Retoner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th, S-I-X-T-H, at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Coach Carr, we wanted to, to switch gears a little bit and talk about the Orlando Magic. So um, a lot of Magic fans in recent memory, um, the most recent thing that we, we think of when we think of you, Coach Carl, um, was in 2015, uh, the Magic basically, you know, we were going to be looking for, for a head coach at the time. And you had tweeted out uh, that you love and miss the NBA rodeo. It's no secret I would love the, the opportunity to coach one more time. Love the skills and speed of the Magic and the great young players throughout the league. So I know that you're savvy. You're on Twitter all the time. This sent what we call Magic Twitter into a frenzy. Everybody was basically begging uh, the Magic front office to hire you. And then I think it was five or six days after that tweet, um, you were hired by the Sacramento Kings. And all of us were like, what's going on? We thought we were, we were hoping to get Coach Carl. So can you talk a little bit about you know why you were interested in the Magic at the time and did those talks ever get close Were, did we almost have you in Orlando uh, my recollection is we didn't get close um, and I think in, in a way when I tweeted when Orlando opened up then Sacramento got nervous I guess I have no idea that's uh, how we feel it, <laughs> you know when it opened up then Sacramento got real aggressive and you know I I coach basketball because I love the game. Right. And, you know, my last job in Sacramento, 
I just wanted to get back in the gym and I just wanted to get back with my basketball family and see if we could make something. And, you know, most of, most of the time when you get a job in the NBA, you know, you got to be really lucky to get a, a winning team or a good team. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, so, you know, the choices at that time were Sacramento, Orlando. There's probably one or two other choices on the, on the market. And I, I've always loved Sacramento as an NBA city. And I, I thought they had a pretty good basketball team. And, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is a talented, talented young player at that time. And, um, you know, I went out there, took a shot at trying to turn it around. Uh, it was one of the most miserable managerial situations I've ever been in in my lifetime. Mm. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom. Uh, how to even explain the dysfunction uh, or the protocol of who has authority and who doesn't have authority. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins was closer to the owner than he was to the coaches. Uh, and, you know, it's just kind of like crazy stuff. And maybe that's where the game is going. You know, we, we, might, we might have to, you know, I, my son wants to be an NBA coach. And we talk all the time about old school and new school. And there is a new school of coaching out there. And there are parameters like, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that loves the practice. I love, I have more fun in practice than I do in games. And, uh, but today, today's game, uh, they don't practice very much anymore. <laughs> I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is they don't go on the court. Like I kind of like going to court. Maybe that's why I'm not a coach anymore. Because, you know, management wants load management. They want, they want you to be in the protocol of not, not pushing the players to where they're fatigued. Or, yeah. And I, I think it's a crutch. I think it's, I, I think it's really a lack of psychology. If you give a player an opportunity to have an excuse or a crutch, he's going to use it. And... Uh, so the game has gotten to be different. You got to coach it different. You got to teach it differently. And I think the game has gone to, to the younger player. I mean, I think you guys in Orlando, I know very much that Orlando might have the youngest team in NBA history this coming season. And my belief, I'm a little more old school, that you should have a balance. You should have, you know, six or seven young players. But you also should have four or five veteran players that kind of know how to be a pro. They kind of know what a scouting report is. They kind of know that the game is more mental than it is in college. And, uh, and the game is a long marathon of 80, 82 nights that you got to try to perform at your best. And all those things, you know, there's a lot more philosophy on them. You got analytics, you got psychologists, you got physiologists, you got doctors, you got everybody now coming to the table with an opinion. And I've always, I've always been leery of, of boardrooms that have too many opinions. Yeah. And, and coach, one thing you've kind of weaved throughout your talks about what was different, what's so different from when you were coaching to now is you've mentioned the word authority and you've mentioned the word power in regard to front office and coaches. Right. So my question is, is 
do you think that the NBA will ever return to where the head coach seems to have more of that authority? Um, and if so, how do you think it even returns to that balance? I mean, you talked about balance just now as well. It seems like you're a balanced kind of guy. How do you get back to balance like that? Or do you? Wow. That's a tough question to answer right now. You know, not being in it for the last five or six years. Mm. I just hear the stories. I hear the, you know, how, uh, how coaches don't think they can coach anymore because they don't have enough time in the gym. Mm. And, you know, if you don't have enough time in the gym, your playbook is going to be smaller. Your defensive concepts are going to be drilled as often as they should be drilled. And you're going to rely upon talent and brains and heart to come together. And now that, that, that is in my mind, that says you should have a veteran team. And instead of having veteran teams more, we have more younger players. So I, in a lot of ways, I think uh, player development and player culture has become a lot more important than maybe 20 years ago. But in the same sense, I don't think we got it straight right now. I think, I think the league is way too young. And I think, you know, the process that was used in Philadelphia to try to win a championship, a lot of teams are going to that. And people don't understand that worked in, in Oklahoma City and it might have worked a little bit in Philadelphia. But there's a lot of misery that comes with losing for four or five years that I don't know if fan bases really want that. But, you know, it's kind of a – I remember 20 years ago when, when fantasy sports came on the market. I thought it was a crazy idea that this would ever work. And fantasy sports has blown the sport up. Yep. Everybody wants to be a general manager. Everybody wants to be a coach. And now you got gambling with it, and it's even going to get worse. It's going to be – I mean, it's – it's going to be amazing. It's going to be all kind of all about the outer circle of the game of basketball rather than the game of basketball. Well, coach, you talked about how, you know, fan bases, you know, really they either, you know, can or, or can't handle, you know, losing really only for so long. Us being Magic fans, you know, the last, you know, 10, 11 years, we've gone through our fair share of losing. Uh, and this year, obviously, like you said, the front office has made the decision to get a lot younger, get away from the veterans, you know, kind of like you've talked about. Uh, and we also made a hire of a, of a new head coach, Steve Clifford and the magic, you know, mutually parted ways and someone that you have a lot of familiarity with uh, our new head coach, Jamal Mosley. So the two of you spent five years together in Denver. Uh, if I, if, you know, uh, if I'm correct here, the first two years, he was a player development coach under you. And then, uh, the, his final three years in Denver with you, he was one of your assistants there. So um, what were your first impressions of Coach Mosley all the way back in, in 2005? Uh, he was hungry. You know, he took a chance. He came into the gym. Uh, we had a couple of mutual friends introduce us. And uh, it was in the summer sometime. I don't know what, I don't know what we were summer league or we were working our guys out or, I don't remember. I remember it was in a gym in Denver here that we went in Jamal. And I love his energy. Uh, he's a very respectful man. Um, we needed a guy like him. 
we needed a player that could go against our players a little bit. He still could when I when I hired him, he still could play pretty damn good. I mean, he wasn't an NBA player, but he could play with NBA players and do okay. So the physical the the, the player development was easy. I think we have two of the biggest. I mean, on our staff were two guys that were experts at player development, Tim Gergridge and uh, uh, John Welsh. And those guys, I think, were a lot, in many ways, were Jamal's mentor more than I was. Uh, But I always liked his, his attitude. He's a positive guy. Work doesn't bother him. He's a respectful dude. He understands the protocol of basketball and he loves the game with passion and commitment. I think he's going to do well. I don't like the hand he's been dealt in Orlando. There's going to be a lot of L's on his record uh, for at least a couple years, unless I'm just mistaken. Uh, But, you know, that's why a young coach doesn't get a great job. Young coaches get bad jobs and they got to make them good. And that's Jamal's challenge, and his staff has got to be really, really committed to, to go the long, the long road, the long haul, because this thing's not going to turn around in a year or two. It's probably going to be two or three, maybe four. Yeah, and and the big thing about Jamal, what when when everything came out about Coach Mosley being hired with Orlando, you know, you have people who maybe not weren't so familiar with him because he's never been a head coach before, but they would just scramble to YouTube and the internet and just look up anything they could. I knew, um, you know, I know in weeks leading up, Jonathan and I were doing the same thing, right? We were hearing about the Mavericks, you know, singing his praises, thinking that he could have should have gotten the head coaching job in, in Dallas, and so, but but the one thing that everybody knows about coach Mosley now is his relationship with players that's what he's known for he started out in player development obviously you giving him that job his first job there in the NBA and that's something that became has become really noteworthy and really a staple of when you ask people about coach Mosley what you what do you know about him well you know one of the first things that we know about him is that he when he got to Orlando first thing he did was be in the gym with Mo Bamba that's something that Orlando hasn't had in a long time you know being able to see a clip of you know coach Mosley fresh off signing the contract in the gym letting Mo Bamba you know work in the in the post on him uh, and just kind of sharpen his his tools that way Mo Bamba who is a guy that we felt um, you know him and Steve Clifford didn't really get along last year and there was a reason for that or what it may not be but coach Mosley clearly doesn't care about any of that he just wanted to get in the gym and work with his young guys what do you think about Jamal um, you know obviously that playing a huge factor, just his personality of players. But what do you think about him and his tools that can make him a successful head coach? Something that we look back on and we say, that right there is what made Jamal Mosley the coach that he is today. He's a worker. He's a communicator. Uh, I think he has a foundation of who he want, what type of coach he wants to be. But his first couple years, he's going to learn a lot about that. You know, your first coaching I mean, I thought I wanted to be Larry Brown. Then I wanted to be Don Nelson. And then I wanted to be Jack Ramsey. And you got to learn to be yourself. But sometimes it's harder to do than you think uh, when you're trying to get a build a career in the NBA. With, and having a, a mediocre or a bad team is going to be difficult. But he's a communicator. He has passion for the game. 
He knows how to teach, teach the game. He'll go on. He'll go in the gym and he'll teach it with a lot of uh, a lot of passion. The thing I like about him is, is he is a leader of men. He cares about people. He has empathy. He cares about people mentally and physically. Um, and he's not afraid of a tough conversation. And I think in the NBA, there are a lot of coaches that don't don't take on the tough conversations because they don't know where they're going to go. And, and, and going to the cave and letting everybody figure it out for themselves sometimes is the easier route, but it's never the best route uh, in my mind. When you have a problem, you got to solve it. You can't push it to a side and say, let it go away. Now, most players now, now people think I, I'm too confrontational with players. You know, people don't understand that about 85% of the players I've ever coached like the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I have, my, I have my knuckleheads and I've had my problems. But in the same sense, most of the guys I've coached have played hard for me. No, no matter what the, the relationship is, I think they know that I love the game. I want it, I want them to be better. I want them to get better, and I want to win. And uh, I love the gym, and I, I will do anything. If you give me a good attitude, I will do anything in the world for any player I've ever coached. Well, Coach, I think that's pretty evident, you know, just by the fact that, you know, some of the teams that, you know, when you took over weren't so great, and you pretty much immediately turned them in, you know, to playoff teams a lot of the time. And was there was there ever a team I took over that ever had a winning record? I I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I, from your record, you turned them into winning teams. I don't think any of them had winning records. Let's see, Cleveland, no. Uh, Denver, no. Seattle, no. Golden State, no. Milwaukee, no. It's a lot of yeah, turnover, yeah, Coach. <laughs> I, I had a couple teams that didn't make the playoffs for like nine years. You know, Cleveland then, didn't make it for a long time. Golden State didn't make it for a long time. Milwaukee didn't make it for a long time. Denver didn't make it for a long time. Well, Denver made it the year before I got it. That's right. In Melo's first year. Well, I mean, not too long after that, you know, you're bringing them to the, the Western Conference Finals. So, um, you know, your ability to turn teams around is what we're really hoping for here in Orlando. Like you said, Coach Mosley is probably facing, you know, at least a couple of years of losses trying to be as realistic as we can. We understand that, although we hope for better. But I wanted to ask you specifically about the Magic roster. Obviously, we know your thoughts on, you know, the balance that there needs to be between young players and veteran players. And I think most people would agree with that. <laughs> Around the league, you take a look, and in most teams, it seems like they're saying, instead of paying, you know, these veteran guys for their presence and, you know, their knowledge and experience, we'd rather bring on these young guys with the upside and see what type of potential they have. But uh, when you look at the Magic young roster right now, um, what what do you think? And, and we know that you don't pull punches, Coach, so please do not pull punches. We want to hear the good or the bad. I don't think very much because I don't know your roster. I mean, you got so many new players and young players. <laughs> I know the Cole Anthony kid from North Carolina. Right. I saw him work out in North Carolina last two years ago. And I think he's going to be a damn good NBA player. I don't know what exactly if he's a, a 35 point, point guard in the NBA. The kid you uh, drafted from 
Uh, Gonzaga, I love him. He's a winner. Tough-minded. I love the Gonzaga program. I think Gonzaga plays NBA basketball and college basketball. They play fast. They play creative. They allow their players to have freedom to play. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. That's about all I know about your team right now. And we you definitely got, have gonna, a lot of young guys. And and I, I've been known to not like young players. Well, I like young players if they're good. I'm, Fair enough. You know, you know, and I, I just don't think I don't see a lot of young players on NBA championship teams, or the team that's playing for the NBA championship, or the team is playing in the Final Four for the NBA championship. Very few of those teams have young players. Now, four or five years from now, you might have a Steph Curry. You might have a Kevin Durant. You know, you might find that diamond in the rough that becomes a top five, top ten player in the NBA. But as I said, no one wants to talk about all those teams that have tried to do this way, do it right. this way, and they, they, don't, they don't get it done. But it's kind of a new way of doing it, going young. And maybe it'll stay that way for five years, maybe ten years. Uh, and, you know, today's game, it's, it's evolving. You know, in 2013, my last year in Denver, we were playing a very fast-paced game. At that time, we thought there were six or seven teams that could play that fast with us. Now everybody's trying to play fast. I never thought that was going to happen, but it happened. Uh, some people ask the question is, is the center ever going to come back to the game of basketball? That's a good question. My answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the three-point line, it's had a drastic, in the last five years, 10 years, you know, I, 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 love, the, I love the ABA. I love the three-point shot. I don't want to see it go away, but I don't want the game to get really as predictable as the game is kind of right now. You know, so, you know, but, you know, next year there'll be, there'll be something going on next year that's different than this year. And that's what I love about the game of basketball. Constantly changing, constantly evolving. And as a coach, if you, if you uh, sit on your laurels, you're crazy because there, there, there's 29 guys out there trying to learn more, get better, Pick your butt and somehow, some way, figure out how to get lucky and someday win a championship. Well, speaking of evolving, we're hoping that the magic will evolve. And we're hoping that in a couple of years from now, you'll have a good reason to know some of our guys' names. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime, maybe in person, crack a couple of Coors Lights. Luke isn't a big beer guy, but Luke, if, if we have a beer with George Carl, like you just you uh, got to have a I'll drink a beer with Coors Light. Carl. Or a, or a Stella, whatever your preference is, Coach. I, want, I once had a theory that I can't trust the guy that wants to talk basketball and don't drink beer. Well, is it, is it any better that I, if I drink whiskey or anything like that? Whiskey Coke? I'm a big whiskey Coke guy, but I just I, I don't know what it is about beer. Well, you would be right, Coach. You cannot trust Luke. So <laughs> I think, Luke's, I think Luke's, Luke's a little bit so softy, maybe red wine or white wine. <laughs> Yeah. Now, that, 
maybe, maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe, maybe, coach. <laughs> All right, well, coach, thank you so much for coming on and joining. Uh, your insight, always incredible. We really appreciate the time, and we'd love to have you back on anytime. Okay, gentlemen, take care of Jamal for me. He's a hell of a man. We will. Think, put put in a good word really for good us. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks. We appreciate it, coach. Have a great night. Good night. Well, for Blessings. Coach George Carl and Luke Sylvia, you guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.